Welcome to Care Conversations, the podcast where we explore various topics that pertain to respectful interactions with children. I'm Liz. And I'm Stephen. And this podcast could be for anyone who works with children in any capacity, like caretaking, education, or parenting. Me and Stephen together have about 30 years of childcare work under our belts, and we're by no means experts but we would like to share some of our insights. We don't actually believe that tough love should ever be used with children, but as adults, we should be able to handle some tough love, which means admitting when we are wrong and accepting constructive feedback. Yeah, this is a place to have a dialogue about techniques, philosophies, and approaches to guiding children. We'd like to explore with you ideas about how to guide children in a peaceful and positive manner, learning together and getting to know the heart of the child. How we feel about children can be expressed by a quote from Maria Montessori. Within the child lies the fate of the future. And during our conversation, we want to make it very clear that we are including all children. That means children of all races, religions, cultures, abilities, and gender identities. So since this is our first episode, we thought we would introduce ourselves a little bit, and then we can start off by giving ourselves some tough love and sharing the mistakes that we have made in childcare, and then we can examine how it could have been approached better. In future episodes, we will explore certain topics together, whether that be an educational method or um, a behavior guidance technique or just a situation that comes up with children often. And we would like to explore together um, receiving questions from the audience um, and giving feedback as well as receiving your insights um, about that particular topic We would also occasionally like to invite guests onto our podcasts and explore topics together with them. The main idea is for this to be a platform to share a conversation with our audience and learn together how to respectfully guide children. All right, well, let's jump right into our introductions. Sure. Do you want to go first? Uh, Yeah, sure. All right. Well, my name is Steven again. Um, My childcare experiences really started uh, before I was in high school. I started just volunteering in various children's programs. And when I was in high school, I volunteered with uh, a middle school mentoring program. So I would go to the middle school and mentor kids after school. And I did that for three years. Um, my first paid experience was when I was in, a freshman in college. I worked at a local park as a work-study job. Uh, after that, I ended up working with the YMCA. Um, I've been a camp counselor. 
uh, for five summers. At YMCA was three years. I have volunteered with Big Brother Big Sister. Uh, I was with that program for three years. I've done various babysitting and nannying jobs, including work with kids in foster care. I have worked in Montessori for a few years, and I have a certificate to uh, for teaching Montessori. I also spent some time in France working there as an au pair, which is a live-in nanny, um, working with French families and working with their children, helping take care of their kids. Currently, I am teaching at a preschool, working with migrant families and working teaching their kids, their preschoolers. So for me, my experience with childcare work started when I was 12. I took a babysitting class, which I was super excited about. <laughs> so then I became a babysitter and then I nannied for a family for three consecutive years. Then throughout middle school and high school, I just continued to be involved by volunteering with various children's programs. And I went to college to study education. And I couldn't decide between elementary or secondary, so I did a little bit of both. And I graduated with two degrees, one in English education and the other in teaching ESL for elementary through high school level. During my time studying, I also worked at the YMCA after school program and later worked as a direct support professional for children and young adults with special needs. Then, after graduating, I worked as a long-term ESL substitute in various elementary schools. And then, my path took me to Peru for three years. And while I was there, I had various education and childcare jobs, including tutoring students with learning differences and exceptionalities, and continuing to teach ESL at the elementary and secondary levels. So after coming back to the U.S., I continued to do um, ESL teaching, and then I became a parent. So I have a two-and-a-half-year-old son and another baby on the way. Needless to say, the last two-and-a-half years have been a huge learning curve for me, and becoming a parent has also deepened my passion for respectful childcare. part of the podcast that we're going to be doing is maybe answering questions or um, talking about situations that we've seen. And so we wanted to give ourselves some tough love in this first episode. We're going to share a, a few mistakes that we've made um, while working in childcare, but we're going to set it up as kind of a mystery for this episode. So we're going to have Stephen read four situations. I'm We're the not... official reader. Yeah. <laughs> We're not going to reveal who committed which error at first. All right, I'll go ahead and read the situations. First one. While crossing the road, a child stopped in the median and started to complain about an untied shoe. There were two other children there, and I had no free hands. I encouraged the child to cross the road, but the child demanded that I go to the median to tie the shoe before crossing. 
I insisted that the child cross the road where I would then tie the shoe. This resulted in the child breaking down to the point of refusing to move, and I got frustrated and shouted at the child. So that's situation number one. So try to guess who was in that situation. Uh, we'll move on to the next one. I was working with the child one-on-one, -on -one and another child came up to them and took away a toy. I tried to stop them by saying that the first child was having a turn, and the second child could have the toy afterward, but they paid no attention, and instead grabbed the toy and ran away with it. So I blurted out, that wasn't very nice. Okay, situation number three. I would often rub a child's head even though they did not like it. It was not specifically stated, but I should have realized it based on their cues. This resulted in mistrust between me and the child. The child would not confide in me when upset. And the final situation. I was with a child in a public space and they began to play with some other children. A man was playing with his grandchildren there and he was tickling them. He began to tickle the child I was caring for. I failed to make a statement about that not being okay. The gentleman was also picking up his grandchildren and lightly tossing them. He attempted to do so also with the child I was caring for, but due to the child's reaction, he stopped. Feel free to rewind and re-listen if you are really interested in guessing who did what, but we're going to go ahead and review it so that we can talk about it. The shoes while crossing the road, that was my situation. Mm -hmm. This happened while I was in a big city and I was watching these three kids taking them to the pool and right after leaving the house there was a road we had to cross and there was a median on the road. The girl I was watching stopped right in the middle of the median. I had her three-year-old brother in one hand, I had a bag full of swimming stuff in the other hand and you know all she had to do was cross the road. It was a pretty small road. Um, pretty narrow road, so it wouldn't have been that big of an issue for her to just hobble across the road. You know, her shoe was just untied, like she could still walk, but she insisted that she couldn't walk. Um, so yeah, this this was frustrating for me. I I, I yelled at her <laughs> when this happened. Um, what do you think, Liz? What do you think about this situation? What do you think could have been done differently? I don't know. Well, I guess my question my question would be, was it at all possible to stop in the median, although inconvenient? Was it still a way enough from traffic? Was it still possible to tie the shoe right then and there? I think it, it would have been very difficult to do because the three-year-old, you know, I needed to hold his hand. Um, stopping in the median, it was a very busy street. Uh, a very small median to, to bend down right there, tie the shoe, it would have been very difficult. It would have been possible, yes, but I don't know if I could have ensured the safety. I maybe could have left the three-year-old with his older brother. Said, here, take your brother, I'm gonna go tie your shoe. Set the stuff down the sidewalk, go over, tie your shoe, you know. Yeah. Um, but I was not willing I was not willing to do that at the moment. <laughs> so other than yelling at her, which 
you know, that's the mistake that you feel you made, right? It was the uh, the climax of the situation of my mistake. <laughs> okay, um, so what do you think you should have done differently? Sure. Well, I think looking at the bigger picture of the situation, I think having a better self-care would have helped the situation. This was in a, a moment of stress, and I was not able to handle that stress. Um, so I think a big part of childcare is stress management and um, self-care. Having a peace practice because you're going to encounter stressful situations and you're going to have to react calmly to those situations. So I think that was a that would have helped. But in the situation itself, I think, yeah, I think leaving the three-year-old with the older brother to go take care of her would have been a better solution. Because mm-hmm. the median wasn't dangerous. You were there either way, right? So. <laughs> yeah. So what happened in the end? How did she end up crossing the street? Or how long did it take for her to cross the street? I think I ended up going over there and just grabbing her hand and pulling her across. Which she did not like at all. And it just uh, escalated the situation. Right. So, even further. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, <laughs> that was the first situation. All right. All right. Next situation. Um, taking the toy away. Saying, that wasn't very nice. This was... Elizabeth. Yep, that was me. The child who was getting their toy taken away was my son. <laughs> So I'm guilty of being a hypocrite, of speaking better to my child than to another child. Yeah. (laughs) And accidentally shaming the other child and possibly in front of their parents. I don't know. I know the mom was there. I don't know if she heard me say that. If she did, I'm super embarrassed. Even to this day. This happened about a year ago. Um... And I had firmly believed in never telling kids, that's not very nice. Why is that? Why shouldn't we tell children, oh, that wasn't nice, or it wasn't, it's not nice to hit. It's mean. Hitting is mean. Why shouldn't we say things like that? So at their developmental stage, and this, this was around, I think the child was around preschool age, children don't really know the difference between an action statement and their identity. So if you say, oh, that wasn't very nice, they receive it as, oh, I'm not nice. Right, exactly. That's what they hear. So, yep. And I knew that I would never (laughs) do that with my kid. Sure. So what's a better Um, way to say that? Instead of saying, that's mean, that's not nice, what's a better way to word that? What would be a better thing to do or or to say? Honestly, I don't think it was necessary for me to say anything at all at that point because it it was, what's done was done and... My son wasn't super upset about it, and he didn't really realize what was going on. I was the one that took it personally and used it against the child. Sure, and like you had already said, like, oh, it's it's my child's turn. You can have a turn next. You kind of said it that way already. And... Yep, so there's nothing more I could do. The only productive thing that could have been done in that situation is if the parent themselves said something, um, but they weren't at... A close enough distance to be able to address the issue so sure so you don't feel that it was worth 
you don't feel that it was worth going over to the parent and saying, hey, your child took a toy from my child? No, not really. Sure. But maybe in a different situation, maybe you would have said something to the parent or the other caregiver. No, because even then, that's just a developmental thing. Kids don't necessarily understand taking things away from each other and what it means. Sure. Yeah, sharing is, is a concept that yeah, children don't understand and should never be forced to share something they don't understand. A better solution is to have the same thing available for more or for multiple children or to teach them that they need to wait, which you were trying to do, but because it wasn't your child. Yeah, there's nothing right. I could do sure. in that situation. And the more important thing for me in that situation would be to teach my child to move on if that happens again, so. Sure, so I just wanted to go back to, uh, how to how to reword that statement instead of saying like that wasn't nice. Um, in this case, it was like with a toy, but um, I hear this a lot when like a child pushes or hits another child. I'll hear, oh, pushing is mean, hitting is mean. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like a better way to say that is to say, oh, pushing hurts. Hitting hurts. Children understand cause and effect really well. So if a child hits another child, that child will probably start crying. You can point that out. Oh, look, you hit this child. Now they're crying. Mm -hmm. That child will understand. Oh, my hitting has a consequence. They're really good at doing that. And um, doing that consistently over time and being patient with them, the child will hit less and less over time. I've even heard it said, like, even telling a child that hurts could be somewhat shaming. So I've heard it used even in another phrase of, like, that's too much for their body in the in the instance of, like, a physical or saying that they don't like that. So I think there are various ways to, to phrase it, but, yeah. The, sure, depending on the that, situation and which the children you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Right. But I really like the phrase, that's too much for their body. That's too much for their body. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, anything that takes you away from saying, it's not nice. Right. <laughs> or, it's mean. Or any, yeah, any negative term that you don't want a child to say or think of themselves, or even another person. You shouldn't be using that <laughs> towards children then. Right. Um, you don't want people calling you mean. Right. Don't call your children mean. Yep. All right. <laughs> Next situation. Um, would often rub a child's head and he did not like it, but he didn't always say it. This resulted in him not trusting me. This was me. This is my situation. Mm-hmm. I was um, working at the YMCA um, after school program, and there was a child... And, like, we had made a great connection. Like, we really enjoyed each other. You know, he would come up to me and talk to me a lot. But I guess he didn't like it when I rubbed his head. And for me, that's just, you know, that was my way of, of showing, you know, love to him. Because that's, that's just, like, I guess love language is my, you know, thing. But I didn't realize that I was um, stepping over his personal boundary. That's something that's really important when you're working with children. A lot of times, you'll cross boundaries and you won't even realize it. Um, and children don't have the language. They don't know how to tell you uh, that you are crossing the boundary. So you have to be the one to stand up for the child. 
and set boundaries for yourself. So what were some of the signs that you, looking back, you should have noticed that he was giving? Um, I think the, the look on his face or how he would kind of pull back a little bit. Um, and just over time, you know, just realizing that he wasn't enjoying those kinds of things. Um, you know, he didn't straight up tell me, stop it, but I could tell he maybe yeah, wasn't enjoying it, so... Mm-hmm. Oh, did you ever, like, talk to him about it after you realized it? Or did you realize it after you, like, stopped working there? Uh, I think it was something that I had realized after I stopped working there, um, unfortunately. Because, yeah, again, like, we we were buds, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, and, like, I had I had been there the longest, and I knew him the best because I was, you know, the staff that was there the longest. So I knew the kids the most. You know, knew their personalities. Yeah, but this particular child. And he was, like... I had even, like, given him books to read. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. he was a really good reader. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we had a great connection. But just that thing that I was doing just kind of, you know, broke the trust. All right, last one. Um, In a public space with a child... Grandpa began tickling the child that I was caring for, also began to pick him up, possibly to toss him. And the mistake was not, not making a statement, not speaking out. Mm-hmm. This was Liz, once again. Yeah. With my child again. Um, I'm sure I have other examples of mistakes I've made in childcare, not with my children, but... The ones with my child are the freshest ones in my mind. So. And the ones that stand out most because it's your child, right? Right, <laughs> so, right. Yeah. But yeah, this is one of my biggest regrets is not standing up for my child's personal boundaries when they're being violated by someone unintentionally and maybe with fun, intentions of fun or what have you, but still that was a broken boundary. Not only is it a boundary of my child's, but mine as well, that was being broken. Um, Because physical boundaries are very important. And my child was not able to communicate his own boundaries at that point. It's my job to help communicate his boundaries when he's not able to. Therefore, it's like a broken trust between my child and me because... I'm not doing my job at that point. Does that make sense? (laughs) Sure. Yeah, we need to be an advocate for the child. The child doesn't have a voice in society, so it's up to us to be the voice for them. In certain situations, yeah. Well, even in in a bigger picture, um, you know, if we're talking about the overall direction of education in a country or in a society, Mm. children don't have a voice in that. It's up to adults, you know, we're, if we go as far as politics or even, you know, local school districts, mm. maybe even in a school itself, children don't have a voice. So it's up to the adults, teachers, caretakers to be the voice, the advocate for the child. It's a very good point. Yeah. Yeah, I think I was in shock because it's so very strange to me to think of how someone could think that it's okay to touch a child that they do not know. Right, you think that's like pretty common knowledge, not my child, don't touch. (laughs) Yeah, we are very, I guess, big advocates of respecting physical boundaries with children. 
mm-hmm. even with the ones that are in our care. And so I think I was I was just a bit frozen in shock of why why would someone touch my child that they don't even know. Even if the intention was for fun and playing, that's still just not okay. I kind of froze for a minute there. Right. <laughs> and I think maybe you were afraid to hurt someone's feelings or to cause tension sometimes, but it's worth it. That tension is worth it. That awkwardness is worth it to protect the child and to protect their boundaries. Yep. Don't be Minnesota nice. We're from Minnesota. <laughs> or, yeah, we're Minnesota. <laughs> so there is, there is a Minnesota nice kind of culture here where you don't really stick up for yourself or say, you know, you don't cause conflict or you don't don't directly state things sure. so well and that's something that i learned in france like you you say what you what's on your mind mm-hmm. someone you stand up for yourself you speak you know your opinions and if it hurts someone's feelings like oh well get it out there and move on that's kind of french culture and that, so that's something that i definitely grew in when I was spending time in France, I'm not perfect in that still, but don't be afraid to stand up for yourself and for your children. Their needs are, are more important than your needs. <laughs> so thank you very much for listening to our first podcast. We're very excited to have you with us. If you would like to send us any questions, you can send us an email at a tough love podcast at gmail.com. So that's a T O U G H L O V E P O D C A S T at gmail.com. And then we can include your questions in our upcoming episodes. Yes, thanks again for listening. Please send us your uh, your questions, and we'd love to answer them on the podcast for you. Or any other situations that you're struggling with, uh, send that over to our email. Uh, we're going to end off with some recommendations for this week. Liz, what do you recommend to our audience? Yes, I would like to recommend, um, I hope I'm pronouncing her name right, Tamara Iglesias. She runs a conscious parenting coaching program it's under the name of welly nest w-e-l-l-y-n-e-s-t if you google her her website will show right up and um, she's also on instagram and facebook under welly nest i haven't had the privilege of taking her classes yet personally but even just following her instagram i have learned so much from um, what she shares That's where I got the phrasing of, that's too much for my body. And she has a lot of other rephrasing of common things that we say to children. That's just really useful. And she has a lot of other useful tools. So definitely check her out. Sounds great. Uh, For my rec, I'm going to recommend a blog that I stumbled across while researching um, how to teach music to kids. It's called, What Did We Do All Day? dot blogspot.com um it's a great montessori homeschool blog that you can just get lost in with her posts and how she how she homeschools uh her children it's just some interesting reads she's got lots of great uh links to resources on there yeah i like it because it's all montessori based (laughs) so and that's kind of my lens 
Thank you for listening to our podcast. Please send us any questions you may have to careconversationspod at gmail.com or find us at careconversationspod on Instagram. See you next time. I'll go down the bobby clock.